Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. You're very welcome back. Yes, Movies and Booze with us once again. And uh, Chris Wazer is here, Linda Coogan and Fanola Jones. You're all very welcome. Good to see you all and, and loads of bottles with us. Which lots and lots of Very festive. <laughs> We're all good. Uh, we're dying to talk about the Avatar follow-up, aren't we? Uh, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you actually, it's one of those reviews where you get to flex your muscles, where you it, get to it is you know, a bit. sharpen the knife, really. Yeah, God knows we've waited long enough because it's been 13 years. It feels long like longer, time. actually. Um, but yeah, James Cameron finally got a second Avatar film. Do you know he actually has a, a third? And a, a third one has wrapped already. And then the fourth is in pre-production. And he's already talking about the story for the fifth one. Yeah, so, I can't believe any of that. But no. it's the whole world of the Avatar thing is just unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, if you go it back, is. it was it was three um, D. If the three D the original TV was three D, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and we we're all supposed to get three D TVs. He's brought back three D <laughs> glasses for this, which are just horrid jokes. And I was just saying to you earlier as well. You know, if you wear glasses like myself, you have too much headgear on while you're watching a film. And if you take the glasses off, as I did, because you there, you, you need a pee break halfway through Avatar, or maybe even like an hour through. It's a long bloody film. And it's um, all watery as yeah. well. So if you should go in a situation <laughs> where you're thinking, but if you walk I straight this out, <laughs> if you walk out with the glasses on, and then I, because you, you kind of you, what I mean is you get used to it, and then if you leave the theater and come back in, then you have to kind of build it up again. It's it's we'll get into. It later it's yeah. disorientating oh, I think there is a chance for you now to stretch your muscles I'll, I'll get loads of water related kind of jokes in as well I, I'll, do, I'll do my yeah, best yeah. things down like splashy. Titanic here <laughs> and, yeah. won't be playing sailing for James after this <laughs> no end to it and what, what's the other one uh, the other film we're going to be looking at is the newest Scrooge adaptation Scrooge at Christmas Carol um, on Netflix animated uh, film uh, starry voice cast Olivia Coleman, and Jesse Buckley are in there uh, but the big question is do we really need another Scrooge adaptation and what does this actually bring to the table does it do anything new with it right the do we need question is, is a hard one to resolve isn't it because yeah. people always say when a classic movie is remade do we need it but the box office figures tend to say true yeah, these true. people did and the thing is I've, I've watched so many crappy Scrooge adaptations over the years because there's just something about that story that's it's it's familiar it's warm it's even if it's done badly or just if it's okay you always watch it because there's just something very comforting about it so yeah we'll get into it in a yeah, while yeah I love it what is the cla- what is the best one do you think I okay so Muppet Christmas Carol Muppet, obviously Muppet, you know if, yeah yeah, Muppets, Scro- yeah absolutely Scrooge with Bill Murray oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. excellent I, I love that, that one he's yeah. fantastic in it. it's so yes. cynical but yes. it's great yeah um, what's there is another one though there is another really big one that I can't remember the it's Albert Finney one no after Albert Finney not Jim Carrey no there is I know it's gone I'm Blackadder Blackadder the one that Kate Winslet does the song yeah. for no not well, sure. Well, if I never let you go, that one. I no. don't think so. Okay. No. I quite enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> it's just a song that's good there. Sorry, it's not an excuse to sing the song. Great. Um, so that's, that's Scrooge coming up. Um, what are we drinking today, Linda? We have some fabulous wines. We have um, a non-alcoholic right. wine uh, from Frizero. Frizero. Cool name. Sounds good to me, yeah. yeah. Frizero. It's got an area. Uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's fizzy with zero alcohol. And um, Babich, which, sorry, that sounded Holy moly. B A B I C H, okay. Uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and also a Portuguese blend. Um, so one is kind of premium and one is more of a party 
kind of red that's easy to drink that's always in my house the so. Sauvignon is kind of a, a, a premium yeah it looks it doesn't it as well level is, is it yeah. the one other Sauvignons kind of measure themselves by it, that they want to be like this but yeah. they're not you know right. it's a bit more interesting you're bringing it on yeah. and uh, in your world Finn, there's a lot of a lot of, lot of uh, et tu Caesar that kind of stabbing the et tu Brutus that the oh. stabbing in the back stuff going on isn't there For sure, poor Henry Cavill has not had well I mean he's fine he's not going to be at work for long but yeah so basically right Henry Cavill was brought back in to play Superman again in the DC universe announced it back in October I think was told to announce it got the go ahead um, had left The Witcher which was his very successful Netflix show he was they're on to three seasons of that people were kind of surprised because you know DC studios are in this really weird place because of their parent company. There's a lot of mergers, like boring business stuff going on. But anyway, what you need to know is he was supposed to be going back as Superman had announced it, everything else. And then we have uh, James Gunn comes on the scene. He's the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and he's the DC studios new co-chairman. And basically this week, uh, it was announced that the Superman movie that they're making is actually going to be kind of... I don't want to say prequel because I don't know but it's basically like a younger Superman so basically Henry Cavill is out right so Henry Cavill has to make this statement on Instagram then in which he's essentially like kind of devastated trying to let on that he's not devastated also probably pissed off because like he'd left The Witcher now I know there were some discussions that he left The Witcher because he wasn't happy with the direction that series was taking but like that was proving to be very successful for him. Obviously, coming back to DC, thinking, you know, I'm going to have to commit to the Superman movie, like training regime, everything else, blah, blah, blah. So now he's in this kind of no man's land. And especially, I think he was kind of annoyed because they said, they told him to announce it. Um, and then it was like, actually, oh no, like, this isn't happening. We're going for like, young Superman. You're not in this at all, actually. Sorry, lol. So we do think it's a case of like, massive errors in terms of miscommunications among the studios. Like, I don't know, someone else is surely getting fired, I would imagine, because I'd say he is seething. Very seething. uncomfortable for him. So he's basically saying, I am, I will be the face of Superman again and I'm leaving The Witcher and then he's go, do you know, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> yeah, it's that a, thing so I like, told you about Superman. Yeah, Forget so his that. his statement on Instagram said, "I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio Jeez. to announce my return back in October. Prior to their hire, uh, the news isn't the easiest, but that's life. Like basically, he'd met with James Gunn and whoever else was involved, and James Gunn had to be like, "Yeah, we're going in a different direction with this." Sorry, essentially. Now, as I said, he's not going to be able to work. Like, he's attached to... Well, sorry, he's not going back to The Witcher because that was the other thing that came out of this then. Like, will he come back to The Witcher? Um, but that's already been recast. Uh, Liam nice. Hemsworth has taken over for the fourth season. Uh, he's still going to appear in the upcoming third season, which I think is out at some stage next year. Um, but he is attached to uh, an Amazon series that's, like, about the Warhammer it's not a game they're like figures oh, they're figures people yeah. are going to be angry at me you know but about he's, them? He's, a, he's a big Warhammer yeah, he's player a big, though yeah. is he yeah. He's, yeah, big, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's on I think to star and executive produce I think so he's fine he's not going to be yeah. he's yeah. fine a bit about the Warhammer thing do I you? have no idea I don't, I don't know what goes on in Warhammer but I know that Henry Cavill was talking about his love of Warhammer on Graham Norton one the time and he figures that are sold they're in, figures. in a shop near me and it's, the man he's in a shop huge, tells me like, huge. He's a big. <laughs> Everything about that story just sounded made up. There's a shop near me, and they sell these things. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask him what they were because there's a whole wall of them. So I thought, what's going on with these? They're huge. Trust me, they're no, huge. No, he's a yeah. big like nerd, and I yep. don't mean that in a disrespect. Like he's talked about like building his own like gaming PC before and stuff. Like he's really into this. So like yeah. mate, mm. he'll he'll be fine. I'm sure yeah. he's majorly peeved. Like, but he's as I said, I wouldn't be crying about him. He's not. He's not out of work, well, like, you know what I mean? I am scarlet for him. I, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm scarlet 
it for the lads in DC and Warner Brothers who couldn't just who weren't like who was left off the email thread to be like yeah announce it it's fine only for it to be you know like rerouted within months like yeah. it's just that DC stuff is a nightmare at the minute with all the projects being changed and axed and shelved right. and everything so more on that to yeah. come I yeah. know it's uh, Alistair Sims in A Christmas Carol is the one that's the one but, you were thinking yes of? okay that's yeah, yeah that's a yeah. really good one I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, to kind of date yourself by which one you like, don't you really? You really you guys do. I was are all going, going the Muppets. <laughs> I was actually going to say that because the Muppet one is, uh, the Muppet one is 30 years old this Christmas and I'm 34 and I'm thinking, right, okay, so I probably saw that around the right time. Like, I would have actually gone to see it if not in the cinema when it was out, you know, maybe a re-release a couple of years after that. So it is easy to kind of figure out how old the person is by yeah. which by which. I, I'm going like. to say the Muppets from now on. <laughs> You're going to just say the Muppets? Just, yeah, yeah. And 20 years from now, we'll start talking about the Netflix one and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, there's probably a whole range of those things, I really yeah. should say. Um, isn't Avatar just Fern Gully on steroids? <laughs> it's Dances with Wolves meets the Smurfs. There, there's there's a thing you could never say in a meeting at, with nope. an executive. I have this idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you don't. Right. Um, Linda, we move in the direction of our first one. We're going to do two initially because you've three to get through. So yeah, we thought so, we'd take some of the heavy lifting off you. Uh, so the, the, the sparkling is really nice, actually. Right. Um, now, the only thing about it is I poured it a couple of minutes ago and the fizz is gone. OK, so it's not a fully sparkling wine. Yeah. Um, I don't think that'll be a problem on Christmas Day. Well, you see, a third of people now surveyed apparently um, by Schweppes said that they won't be drinking for New Year's. So I think non-alcoholic drinks are important yeah, to, feature, are. to be honest, they you know. know that they are, they are. Um, and, and they're getting bigger and yeah. more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And I see all the alcohol-free gins and vodkas being advertised everywhere yeah. as well. So it's, it's a huge area, isn't it? It really is. Um, so this is interesting. So it's a sparkling wine, um, but it has um, been infused with green tea. So when you taste it, mm. it's a little bit different. But I think it's really, really pleasant. It's so delicious. I yeah. have sculled mine practically. <laughs> it's oh, so yeah, it's nice. Lovely. I would happily really nice. drink yeah, that and feel that I'm, uh, you know, yeah. having a nice glass of something. Yeah. Little touch sweet, but it's it's really nice. It's only six fifty. Um, in oh, it's Martin's really good. Because um, yeah. you do feel if you decide not to, that you, or you're not able to, whatever reason, it's nice to have something in your hand yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very pleasant indeed. Any reaction there, James? Did you have a go at that? Uh, I haven't actually, no. Yeah. James? Sorry, excuse me, excuse me, Chris. That's Chris. okay, that's okay, Sorry. Tim. That's Sorry. all right. <laughs> 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 So obviously there's no alcohol, so there's zero. Oh, that wouldn't have happened if there was alcohol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, imagine it's if after a glass or two. I'm much better I'm much better with okay. fair and films. All right, yeah. <laughs> Vanilla? Delish. Delish. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Right, really thumbs nice. up all around for that, really yeah. lovely. Um do you want to try the other one as well? Yeah, we absolutely. That? So I'll try and say this politely now. Babich. Yeah, Babich. <laughs> Babich. <laughs> Sounds um, an Italian or so I'm getting excited. Go so on. this is actually the first wine that I ever tried um, from New Zealand was from this uh, producer. And um, they've come a long way, I have to say. It's the oldest family winery in New Zealand um, since 1916. And um, you've heard of Marlborough, you've tasted Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, but this is just that little bit different. Um, Basically what they do is they put, it's Sauvignon Blanc, but it's like Sauvignon Blanc on steroids that it partially goes through a a different process called malolactic fermentation, which softens and rounds the the grapes and wine, making it kind of 
not as sharp or as acidic as some of the ones that you'd find, like you're nodding, uh, Fanula yeah. there. It's really kind of pronounced aromas, but it doesn't taste like Harper mm. in a glass, you know, like some of the inexpensive brands. It doesn't are kind cut of, through, exactly. yeah, like. Now, it is premium. Um, they're, they're hand-picked grapes. Uh, this winery is sustainable and um, I, I think it's delicious. It's got gorgeous. What fruit are you getting there? Oh, don't oh. ask me about the fruits. That's not. I just agree with whatever yeah, the wine person like says. Yeah. I need you to tell me first, and then I agree. Oh, I totally get all of those now. <laughs> Green uh, apple. Yeah. That's, I, no. <laughs> a little bit more tropical notes than that. Yeah. Mm. Do you like it? Yeah. With a hint mm-hmm. of gooseberry freshness as yeah. well. So it's lovely. I was going to mention the gooseberries. I was. Yeah. For you me, were. Yeah. Sure. Show yeah. me up. For me, it's just passion fruit, honeysuckle, and then I get a bit of cut grass aroma as well. Oh, my goodness. Well, certainly according to the brief that's in front of me. See, there's loads going on there. Um, Well done, Tom. That's amazing. I'm reading your notes. (laughs) What do you expect? It's not delicious. It's really gorgeous. We were at Fanula and I were kind of going, my God, that's gorgeous. So tasty. Chris? it is... um, It's it's gooseberry-licious. Yes. (laughs) I thought you might I say I can really that. taste the grass there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know the way sometimes New Zealand wines, you just sit down and you drink them. This is a little bit more complex. So yeah. I would say it's fab with food as well. Do you know, it's not one you're going to just buy and drink with the gang. Yeah. It's retails about 25 euro. It's expensive enough, yeah. though, isn't it? But it's really premium. It's not going to, you know, it's it's much higher end and it's a beautiful gift to give somebody as well, I think, yeah. do you know, that are into their, their Sauvignon. Um, it, it, yeah. it says the thing I saw here in the notes mm-hmm. 91 points on the decanter worldwide that means nothing to you that me. means nothing to you I know so yeah. basically um, anyone decanter is the biggest wine magazine and when they award something above 90 it's happy days it's big they always win awards this wine right. they're really really good um, but it, it really makes a big deal is that kind them. of a rotten tomatoes type thing then in, in a way yeah yeah See, but the world goes that way, doesn't it? Yeah, just, I understood you, that reference. The world, <laughs> the world just wants a simple, you know, a mark out of ten, really, yeah. for everything. Everything Whether has to come a film, with a barometer now. Yeah, yeah. Just the, what's what can you reduce this to now before I decide whether to watch it or drink it? That, yeah, we so, we do that though. Yeah, you know, fair enough. And, no, but um, no, it's like it deserves all the awards it gets, as far as I'm concerned. Now you get it in the likes of the Corkscrew, Swedish D3, Pinto wines. Um, wheel hens, lots of the independents, you know. Very good. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. I have to say it really made a huge impression. Beautiful. Um, Counter record. Do you want to give people the name again? I know it's dangerous, but um, just... Babich. Babich. B-A-B-I-C-H. And it's a Sauvignon. Black label Sauvignon. Um, and I'll put all the stuff on the okay. social candles. Great well. stuff. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. So what is it? I feel her, Dad. Feel who? Awa. I hear her breathing. I hear her heartbeat. She's so close. She's just there. Like a word about to be spoken. She's just there like a word about to be spoken. That is from The Way of the Water and uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water. Give it its full title. Chris, it's the film that everybody is talking about. Yes. Uh, possibly not for all the right reasons. Um, no, um, not probably not for all the right reasons after, after watching it. But um, as I said earlier, we've waited an awful long time for this. And it's so weird that Avatar, the original released in 2009, is 
the highest grossing film of all time. You know, it's taken in 2.9 billion at the box office. Uh, it, it's it's gone from first place to second place because an Avengers film replaced it. Back up to first after a re-release in China. It's just unbeatable at this stage. And how curious it is for a film of that size and like a genuine pop culture phenomenon in that, you know, it was the biggest 3D film and it's the biggest film of Cameron's career. And he has some big films, you know, that he gave us mm. Titanic, he gave us the Terminators. How curious it is that for a proper pop culture phenomenon, it has zero cultural footprint. There is, and I will challenge listeners right now to name a set of characters from the first Avatar film without Googling it, to name the source that people are after, you know, that the pesky sky people are after in the first film. Why do humans want to visit these, you know, giant Navi, these blue Smurfs? What happens at the end of the film? These are all things that I was wondering as I sat down on Wednesday of this week to watch the new one. I thought, I can't remember this thing. A single thing. There's nothing about this thing yeah. that, like, and there's, there, there are books, there's games, there's a theme park, but it just has no impact whatsoever on, you know, on cinema, on culture, nothing whatsoever. S- some Irish Eurovision songs have been like that. You <laughs> a <laughs> hundred times and it's just nothing yeah I would actually I'd love to see a Eurovision act with an avatar team you know everyone dressed up as the Navi yeah it'd be a little bit weird uh, but for this second film um, I think Cameron has been talking about the fact that the reason it took so long to put together is probably well probably one of the reasons it took so long to put together is because he was making a third fourth and fifth at the same time but he wanted technology to catch up with him and he's always been talking about that that he wanted to not just kind of create scenes underwater like what Aquaman did he wanted to film underwater which requires an awful lot of training for crew which requires an awful lot of you know equipment that's ridiculously expensive and which requires an awful lot of cast to kind of, you know, Kate Winslet has been talking about the fact that she learned to breathe underwater for six minutes or six and a half minutes. I think she now holds the record (laughs) for an actor holding their breath underwater. Um, And the reason why it's underwater is to do with the story. Now, I'm going to quickly rattle through the story, but I will say for a film that's 192 minutes long, you've got about 20 minutes worth of plot. (laughs) But basically... I remembered after Googling it, the main character is named, his name is Jake Sully. He's played by Sam Worthington. And he, in the first film, is this former Marine turns Navi hybrid thing. You know, he's now a proper blue alien in Pandora. And he has a family now in Terry, who's played by Zoe Zaldana. They have themselves four kids. One of those kids is a, an adopted teen uh, portrayed by Sigourney Weaver. Don't ask me how to explain that because the film doesn't really explain it. Right. Um, and they are living a life of happiness. I mean, at one stage, we'll, we'll get back to the dialogue, but at one stage, Sully tells us he cracked the happiness code. And, you know... And happiness doesn't last that long because the sky people come back. And for yeah. reasons that aren't quite clear either, the returning villain, uh, uh, Colonel Quabbers, played by Stephen Lang, he's also back despite the fact that he died the first time around. And he wants revenge on Sully. So long story short, Sully and Natiri are like, not having that. So they pack up the kids, they move to the beach, and in moving to the beach and in moving to the water, they have to adapt to the sea people there. So they have to, you know, become one with the space whales. They have to become one with this turquoise Kate Winslet. But it doesn't matter because Stephen Lang is going to attract them down and try and kill them. Right. That's become warmed a lot of things. They do. They? That's part that's part of the Avatar thing. That is part it? of the Avatar thing, yeah, yeah. And we're actually becoming We don't more, understand their strange, gentle ways. We we, we, we don't know and the way they, they talk to each other. We heard uh, Sigourney Weaver's Curie there saying it's there like a word about to be spoken. That's brilliant. James, James Cameron has never been one of James Cameron's strengths it's not dialogue. Uh, it's never been the case I mean Terminator was fantastic. Look at Titanic, a famous critic whose name I can't recall at the minute, once counted the number of times that Jack and Rose in Titanic refer to one another as Jack and Rose and it was in the hundreds. Now no two characters, the main characters in the story should not be referring to one another by their names over and over again. That that means that they haven't been given interesting things to say. This one plunges new depths. 
Now this in this one you have a space whale. Plunges near death. Oh, that's a pot. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yes. I'm delighted with that. I thought we should have a bell set up. And every time you get we one do. of those yeah. in, we yeah. just ring it. Yeah, I've also been trying to figure out what would be a better title than the Way of Water. So far, I have Avatar: Slippery When Wet. I'm not really sure how that one got down. I like that. Yeah, um, but there's a space whale in this film that communicates with the. Oh, half of it is is lifted from Free Willy. It's 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 so bizarre. But there's a space whale that when asked by one of the Navi people how they have come to be so sad or what happened, they literally go, It's too painful to talk about. And it's like, but this is this is a whale talking here. This is so bizarre. Um look, the scenery, yeah. the the effects, uh, the 3D element, some of it admittedly can be dazzling. But after a few minutes, the novelty wears off. And that's all that this thing ever really was. It's this clumsy space epic that hasn't got much of a story that, you know, looks pretty to begin with. But it's like being, it's like, it's like when you walk into an aquarium and you look around, you go, gosh, this place is beautiful. You don't want to be trapped there for three and a half hours. You you don't (laughs) want that. And that's kind of like what this thing is. And as well as that, the, the frame rate. So most films have this frame rate of 24 frames per second. And that is something that our brains can adjust to after a few seconds even. We do, we're just, we just, it's yeah. just natural to us at this stage. This film has a frame rate of 48 frames per second. And that means that everything looks as though James Cameron sat on a fast forward button. And it just, yeah. it, it turns a $400 million film into something that looks like it was produced for a fiver. It just, it's so cheap. It's so flimsy. It looks like a big cartoon, basically. And that's such a shame. And it's ironic, too, given that it takes bloody ages to watch. So basically, Tom, I've never known boredom. Like, really? like what I've experienced in this you, film. You have to, you've taken one for the team here. I can't imagine anyone wanting to watch this after that review. I know, it's, it's, it's devastating because I will say, right, okay, Cameron on a good day is up there with the best of them. I yeah. think Titanic, despite the fact that I criticised it there, it is a technical marvel. Yeah. And, and it is a, a, a tremendous piece of filmmaking and I think the, the Terminators are the greatest achievements in sci-fi cinema The Abyss is wonderful True Lies was a fantastic 90s thriller probably hasn't aged that well this guy knows how to tell a story so he has no excuse for being this bad uh, it, does, it does raise the question though how was the first one so big in the first place because there wasn't anything else to the first one either really no, there wasn't I think, a great story to the first one or, no. or, or anything no it was Dances with Wolves meets the Smurfs meets Farron Gully meets <laughs> I don't know whatever James Cameron was smoking that week it was just it was so bizarre I think it coasted by on its looks yeah. and that you know people were saying you got to see this thing this is so yeah. immersive this is unbelievable yeah it was a 3D element which had this thing of the future has arrived yeah. and this is what it looks like and you're, you're going to actually need one of these in your house do you remember that 3D TVs were yeah. this thing we all needed to get I did not get. buy into it thank god there was a man called George Byrne at the time who saw through all that George in a Dearly, second yeah. yes and and he was the first the first seer to point out this <laughs> <laughs> I won't use the word he used but <laughs> but he was proven completely correct yep. uh, it was rubbish really isn't it? maybe he was, it took this long to follow it up because He'd no idea what he'd done himself. He'd no idea. And you think in 13 years there would be one good joke in the film. Not even a joke. It's just so, it's so over earnest and witless and odd. I, I hated yeah. it. Well, I've good news for you because Fanula has news on how you can combat the Avatar blues. <laughs> well, Hello. I think this is more for the people who liked it, actually liked it so much that they got depressed after it as opposed to hated it. Oh, it's and not were, a response to that. No, no, I don't think so. So there was this uh, there was this phenomenon after the first one that was kind of picked up by fans that the fans kind of labelled it this post-Avatar depression syndrome or PADS for short um, it's not a medical diagnosis but it was basically this thing where it was like people would go and then they'd feel 
they'd be so immersed in the world of Pandora and love the look of like the nature and everything else that they'd start to feel like really dissatisfied with their own lives. Some people thought it was like a marketing kind of ploy or like a PR thing that James Cameron was kind of like seeding out. But it was this thing that sprung up from like Avatar fan forums. Um, so people are like trying to prep themselves ahead of the the sequel now. Like we've had even like Ancient Forest Alliance. They're this Canadian non-profit. They've come out with like advice to combat against pads, which is get out and experience nature, take action to defend nature and get others to do the same. <laughs> I think the operative word there was get out, wasn't it? Get out! Get out of the cinema and touch some grass, please. Get more. Yeah, oh, oh my, my God. Yeah. So, so these people, they were thinking, they, they were identifying with the little races, was it? The, the, the Navi people. They yeah, were they were just, they were looking at Navi and Pandora and they were like, God, I wish that was my world, as if the whole point of the Avatar movies isn't that they're being colonised for like this, this mineral to keep all the humans young. Everyone's like, wow, I'd love to live there instead of Earth. That sounds class. Um, yeah, I don't know. Completely went over their heads. But um, yeah, right. like some of them, ever since I went to see Avatar, I've been depressed. Watching the wonderful world of Pandora and all the Navi made me want to be one of them. Like, it's just, it's wow. so, I can't well, fathom it. Yeah. Their day has come. Yeah. Um, Ferguson Dunleary says, Avatar, no, I say. If I wanted to see blue people in the water, I'd go down to the 40 foot in Dunleary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's just come in someday, Ferris. <laughs> I think we have a role for you. Uh, we'll have our second movie, and uh, we shall have some more wine after a very quick break. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. Um, we have another good text uh, from Tone and Cork says when Homer suggests the family start a new life under the sea Marge scolds him that it's his solution to everything and it's not going to happen (laughs) 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 same with Cameron needs to give up on the concept of underwater life it's not going to happen no (laughs) (laughs) right excellent we're moving on to film number two now and it's going to be Scrooge and I see you're giving this two stars but I see you've given Avatar two stars I have, yeah. How yeah. did that happen? I hate the star system. Did it never up around? <laughs> um, yeah, the star, the, the star system is so reductive. It doesn't make sense when you put a film... Like, because Scrooge is not as bad as Avatar. It's just like, this should be better. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, and it's just... It's, you're not supposed to say mean things about A Christmas Carol yeah. because it kind of goes against the purpose and it also leaves me open to, you know, yeah. a bit of name calling. Like, right. you, you can call me yeah. Ebenezer if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, it's just a shame to see a studio kind of assemble so much talent, especially in the voice booth for this right. one. And for it to kind of go nowhere. I'm just surprised you gave Avatar anything at all. Oh, yeah, I know. It's really I know. What, what I was amazed yeah. by. I gave it a, an extra star for, for the fact that I got some good thinking done during it. Oh, right. And, yeah. Good. It was yeah. quality time with yourself. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a quick listen to a clip from Scrooge take a listen to this oh Christmas Eve in London who in the world could resist it I love Christmas I love Christmas it's my favourite time of year so enthralling to see the snowflakes falling to hear the children calling sweet words of Christmas cheer it's music to my 
<laughs> if you heard what he whispered to me there, my friend. So um, I'm, I'm having a small problem already with, with that. Yeah. You know that uh, that song went right by me, and the songs in uh, the big Albert Finney one, 1971, they were written by Leslie Percuse. Who this is this is an animated version of that. It's pretty much a well, cover they've version. The songs they've changed the songs, which was supposed to be "I Hate Christmas," but they've ch- they've kept stuff uh, like uh, the "I Love Life." song yeah. um, and they've kept the fact that you know just people at okay. you know random points just start yeah. kind of singing and dancing in the streets because right, you know he wrote the songs for Willy Wonka and Goldfinger and you know, Leslie Brickers yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and uh, did he do the ones for Oliver as well yes he yeah. did yes yeah. yeah. so that, you know you're stepping into big shoes if you're going to replace those songs you want to be bringing some serious songs to the table I know the confidence and the cockiness then yeah. to, to kind of sit down in the room and go I know how we'll make these perfect yeah. songs better yeah you know that song yesterday by the Beatles we'll listen leave it I have a better one we'll do that <laughs> you know, it's called one. today yeah yeah yeah, it's much more contemporary. I think it's what people want. It's much more up to date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what's going on here? Uh, what's going on? Do we? I mean, do we need to recall the? the well, the, no. The I story? think everyone knows the story, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's what but, they're how they're updating it or. or uh, so there have been some remixes. There have been some changes, and unfortunately, they kind of suggest that the people involved, the director here, is a chap named Stephen Donnelly. He's not the Minister for Health. He is an animation chief. But the changes that himself and his team have made to it kind of suggest that they really misunderstood the first one. Because the, the the thing that I just couldn't see past... Actually, there's two things I couldn't see past. One, sexy is very... Se- or Scrooge is very sexy here. And okay. he, he's, it's almost like they've kind of... What's that? I said ideal. <laughs> <laughs> he did a sexier but Scrooge. It's, but it's like they've made him a little bit charming. They've made him very attractive. And he's, he's voiced by Luke Evans, who's very charming and very attractive. But it's just like, oh, and what's, like Scrooge is supposed to be miserable. And he kind of barely even looks after himself. And he has a pet dog. Yeah. Scrooge is not supposed to care for anything. That's, that, that dog loves Scrooge. Then by the dog loves Scrooge. Dogs it love was, their it was, owner. Yeah, that's true. And the whole idea is no one loves Scrooge. No one loves Scrooge, and Scrooge doesn't love anyone. So yeah. it can't. So the idea of Scrooge keeping a pet alive yeah. is a little bit silly. You should put him in the pot. They should. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that response. Um, I'd watch that film. That's a that's a Christmas Carol horror that I would definitely watch. But yeah, long story short, he is just mean to everyone. He's mean to his nephew, and you know he goes to bed on Christmas Eve, and he has these three spectral interventions. One of them is voiced by Olivia Coleman, and the first ghost is actually now a candle, which is quite odd. And the every first ghost is a candle. Is a candle. A candle. Ah, lads. Yeah, that's an Alas moment, it is. <laughs> and every time he, you know, there's no snap of the fingers here. There's no kind of, blink, you know, just waking yeah. up and realising that you're in the past or, yeah. or a different present or in the future. There's all of these kind of like, oh, we're going from one, uh, you know, end of the multiverse to another. There's too much of a, a pixar light sort of Marvel cinematic universe edge to this. And you don't need that. You're dealing with one of the most magical, magical. original, you know, enchanting bedtime stories ever made it doesn't need to be improved upon you can have fun with it but you shouldn't be kind of you know over egging the pudding here it's just ridiculous um so yeah the i mean the the lessons that Scrooge learns along the way and some of the you know misadventures that he has you know they are quite fun but the animation is not really the animation here looks like a little bit of an afterthought not a beautiful thing then because no it's a little bit it can be a little bit ugly at times it's a little too angular it's a little bit too you know the characters are all top heavy and stiff and yeah it's a it's 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 a very peculiar looking thing when I heard London there yeah. I, I just immediately thought London has kind of starred in a few movies of late Paddington 2 yeah. uh, it's an name but one I was watching one uh, two people swapping holiday homes as well oh the holiday uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was great as well <laughs> and that little known movie yes that's a cold favourite yeah, yeah. And, and others yeah. uh, and all of them love actually and all you know four weddings so when I heard London I thought yeah. are they going to apply that to this which I'd kind of I'd, I'd like that no 
They didn't. No, they didn't. No, no. We, we well, there's a wasted opportunity. I don't know. We end up in some weird alternate universe that where, where gremlins are helping this ghost of Christmas presents gremlins. to help screw... Yeah, there's these little gremlin minion things. It, I, I I don't know, Tom. It, it's, yeah. it's very, very strange. There's a lot going on. There's, there. an awful, there, there's far too much going on. And like yeah. I said, this is a very simple story. It's supposed to be charming. This is anything but. But the, the voice cast is so impressive. As I said, like Olivia Coleman's yeah. in there. Jesse Buckley yeah. is in there as the, you know, the one that got away. Uh, it's just... It's it's just difficult to side with. Um, so right. rather than end on a bummer, I will say, look, go and find you know the the, the Scrooge that makes you happy. In my case, it's Bill Murray's Scrooge. For go me, it's the Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right, there you go. Um, your man Chris, the movie reviewer, right. has turned my day around. I was listening, stuck in traffic after missing a meeting over the state of Dublin traffic. He has just saved me from wasting another three hours of my life going to see that movie tomorrow. I mean, it's a I nice won't thing anyone's be going now. Thank you for that. There, you've made someone's day, Chris. You know, that's surprised. You're all. welcome. Watch um, the instead. Yeah, I got yeah. that Avatar depression, uh, but because I realised that was two hours of my life, I never got. I would never get back. Yep. That's why I got that. Yeah, we're on to our red wine now. Uh, Linda, which one is yeah, this going so this to be? Yeah, this is um, a Portuguese one, Agada de Penalva. Penalva. Um, and that's the name of it. I will put it in the social handles for everybody, Twitter and Instagram. Um, but it's a Portuguese wine and generally they are blends of indigenous native grapes to Portugal. Uh, Chiriga Nacional would be the main one that is kind of in port as well. And they have different names in Portugal as to, to Spain. So it's Tinta Rarids, which is Tempranillo. And another grape, which I can't pronounce, J-A-E-N, which is Mencia in Spain but they are this is light and bright I'm going to use the word bright for this one because it's really fresh and vibrant if you stick your nose in come on I want some flavours and Tom you oh. have cheating notes there so uh, you know juicy che- and bright yeah juicy and bright <laughs> it's just so lively and fresh and uh, it's all about the juicy fruit going on here the great soft tannins Re- oh my god Tom this is amazing you're so good at this uh, but they're real smooth and silky this is only 12.5% alcohol, so I think it's a real kind of nice house wine to have. If people are coming over, you can ha- open it during the day, you know, or whatever you want. Really. Yeah, it's Christmas. And, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a, not too heavy or anything Good like that. Good with cheese. It's lovely. With, even with soft cheeses, it's gorgeous. It's very little nice. nibbles. Yeah, it's lovely. Familiar. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I was getting a soft tenant Chris, were you nice in the tenants? I just beat you to the punch <laughs> there, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. But this is, like, it's really soft and smooth, isn't it? Mm. Um, so it's mixed berries going on here, like, you know, strawberries and cranberries as well, a bit of cherry, um, and a warm kind of hug in a glass as well. Um, 15 euro around. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. available in lots of places. Um, Pinto Wines again in Drumcondra, McHugh's off-licence D6, um, the Corkscrew, Bagot Street, and the Grapevine in Glasnevin. Very nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I have shows? to say now, if I'm picking a favourite, the white was an absolute. Oh, yeah? Yeah, corker. Beautiful. Would and it's remember? a screw cup, not a cork. Oh, I, I, I think I liked the non alcoholic more. Did I you? really liked the non alcoholic, yeah. If I was to do a ranking, it'd be the non alcoholic, the white, and the red. Oh, I do still think you the red's better delicious. throw a vote in here, Chris. Oh, it's the red all the way. Red no, all the way. Oh, yeah, all red different. Yeah. Not amazing. 
Yeah, I go for the red at the moment for the mood I'm in and okay. then the white and then the non-alcoholic because right. that's just me. Very good. <laughs> um, winners in the Marks and Spencer competition, uh, Paul Cronin in Cork, Paul Cronin Farron in Cork, uh, Paul Caprani from County Leitrim and Joyce Caulfield in Lackenwood in Waterford. Congratulations to you and hope you enjoy those packs. Um, you've news for us of Reese Witherspoon, I believe, as well. Yep, she is heading up uh, cheerleading comedy coming to Amazon. Uh, it's called All Stars. Not sure when we'll get this. Um, but they've already gotten two seasons and kind of getting like Ted Lasso vibes off it because it's essentially it centres on this former cheerleader who Reese is playing and she's also on to executive produce uh, who cons her way across the Atlantic to cheat teach cheerleading at a school in England and it's loosely inspired by Andrea Kulberg who is a former University of Texas cheerleader who now actually owns a cheer school in the UK with her twin sister. I'm kind of mildly intrigued even though a lot of what Reese has done recently has left me kind of cold the morning show and that I know she wasn't well she was directly involved in where the crowd had saying everything has kind of left me a bit cold but I'd love a good I'd love a good feel good Reese. Come back the is probably of, the wrong word. The world of cheerleading, well. I imagine, is an interesting world, especially outside of the, of America. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's when I say Ted Lasso, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting at. You know, like hapless yeah. American comes in and is like, oh, let's do the splits, girls, or something. I don't know. I've never, I don't know what cheerleaders do, but I'm assuming that's the vibe <laughs> they're going for. So, I think more throwing batons in the air. I think yeah. that's one of the, the yeah. big cheerleading yeah. things. Throwing people up in the they, air, they, yeah. They have cheerleading skills in Ireland. Do they? Yeah, they do, yeah. I can there remember the radio show where, yeah. in Galway where there were cheerleaders leaders in doing great stuff so yeah look forward to that and also you mentioned stuff being cancelled there's loads of stuff being cancelled I mentioned the kind of mess with Warner and DC earlier and basically that's as a result of uh, the Warner Brothers and like Discovery merger they're coming together and we've seen a lot of stuff cancelled but also over in the States kind of stuff that is being like pulled off streaming services that was under like HBO Max I don't think we've seen that here in terms of shows being taken off but like obviously earlier this year we had Westworld was cancelled. More recently, we had Minx, even though they have a second season due to go out. I think that will still end up appearing somewhere. I think they're looking to get it over on a different streaming service somewhere else. Um, And then we had a couple of reality shows that were, again, doing reasonably well. But because of these, they're basically trying to write off stuff to try and make the company look better again. it's a real accountancy exercise more than anything else, is it? Majorly, Just to make the books kind of look better, it actually has nothing to do with how well the shows were doing. Like you had the likes of like Sweet Life, Legendary, FBI Island. They were all kind of relatively popular reality shows as well that were right. nicked so yeah that it, is that's going to be that's an ever evolving yeah, story there's going to be something else next week I, I couldn't help but think the end of Covid uh, where everyone it was ideal conditions for staying in and watching things and people making programmes for you but now people are heading back out I, think, there, I think there's an element of that as well and also just that there is so much TV being made like more than ever before like I feel like it was a matter of time before the bubble kind of burst so I'm wondering if this is going to be if this isn't just going to be isolated to this one company, if we're going to kind of see a snowball effect. But yeah, it is it is an interesting kind of time for the TV landscape, for sure. For Warner's, sure. Warner's in big trouble. Because mm. uh, they, they had an awful lot more than two films, two theatrical films, basically, on their, on their roster for 2022, or for, for the last couple of months of 2022. But they decided to just say, right, we're going to put out Don't Worry Darling, because there's an awful <laughs> lot of buzz around that. Long. And we're going to put out Black Adam, because people are going to go want to go see, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a Long. superhero. They didn't make any money at all. So right. they are going through the libraries now with their accountants going, we need to make that a tax write-off. We need to get rid of this. Yeah, it's that bad. Happens. That happens in this business. And the music business also. I'm yeah. say it's, it's kind of a common occurrence. Uh, Fanula, Linda and Chris, thank you very much indeed. Have a great weekend and uh, enjoy the Christmas. And thank you, you so much for love your views and love your wine. So much. Movies and booze on Moncrief.
on News Talk.